This is the How to Become a Career Coach podcast, the largest podcast for up and coming career coaches in the world, and is dedicated to helping people that are in the early stages of becoming a career coach. I'm your host, Philip Mianko, and in this show, we bring practical advice based on real experiences. And we share actual stories of people that are current career coaches. So let's get started. Many people that start a coaching business start their business while working a full-time job. This enables them to have a consistent income through their day job and slowly build their business on the side while working with clients. But this takes incredible discipline and some pretty good time management skills. Today, we get to talk with Rachel Gatling. She works as head of supply chain e-commerce directed business at Philips Healthcare Solution, but she is also a career coach and the founder of Change Your Story, a professional development coaching service. Rachel has over 20 years of experience in management, training, and coaching as her full-time job, and she also has started her own business in 2014. So as a coach, you can imagine, managing her time and energy has been a crucial part in growing her business. And in this episode, Rachel will share the productivity tips she uses, the process she has in place to keep things running smoothly, and how to be intentional about how you spend your time and resources. My name is Rachel Gatling. I currently live in White Plains, New York. I'm originally from the Hampton Roads area in Virginia. So I am the combination between a little south and a little north and, you know, somewhere in between and very happy with my roots and very happy where I live now. And I currently work at Philips. My daytime, I work at Philips Healthcare and I've been there for five years. I also am what I call a professional development coach. So when I say professional development, it's more developing your skills and developing your mindset, your capabilities so that you can get into the success that you desire. In my corporate life, I work in supply chain. So making sure that goods get to the customer, which has really become a thing since COVID. You know, it's Mm -hmm. funny. I've never heard supply chain as much as now. And I got into supply chain, not at the beginning of my career, but I got into it a little bit later. And once I found it, I knew that it was a great place for me. Women and minorities were underrepresented in management. And I would say, especially women, because people didn't really know, well, what's supply chain? And when you explained it, they, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And that's why I said now it's important because with COVID, you couldn't just order things and get it delivered to you like, uh, like you were used to doing. Yeah. So yeah, I've taken a lot of pride in my career. So if I met you for the first time, the things that I'm most proud of are my career progression, mm. being from a small family and a family that are still in Virginia, but I've been able to move around been able to get a higher level of education, being one of the, like the first to really get my advanced degree, something I'm very proud of. And coming up to, up north to New York, which is like the uh, epitome of something when you're in this, you know, when when I grew up, it was like, wow, New York. Moving there and then getting here and not seeing people who look like me in Mm -hmm. the same boardrooms and conference rooms, but still being able to not shrink back 
too much because at one point I lost myself a little bit, which is why I'm so passionate about my coaching now. But being able to find and build the skills to overcome to feeling good about who I am and trying to teach others to be the same, I would say that is my, my greatest accomplishment and my greatest mission. And that's what drives me. Mm, I really, really love that last part. And it resonates with me a lot. I did some work. And for our listeners, it's Simon Sinek's Find Your Why and Start With Your Why. He has a whole coursework, but he has a really great TED Talk about really why we do the things that we do and really getting to that. And it's from a business sense, but also you can do it from a personal sense. And mine was just right around, it sounds like a little bit like yours, where it's all about myself experiencing a lot of these learnings and these teachings so that I can go and eventually show people, hey, here's how what I did and here's the things that worked for me potentially could work for you. And what I love so much about your story and doing a little bit of research before this call is just that mindset work. And I feel like that professional development side is like just so important, but it seems like you mentioned it before we were officially recording <laughs> or those other parts. And even now it's like, you said something about when you know, you know, and it feels like when you have set your mind to something that nothing stops, you're like, I know it, I'm going to do it. And right. it makes me think about, you know, the calling to become a coach and help people. What prompted you to make that decision to start, change your story? Is that, is that the right? Yes, change yeah. your story. What prompted so, you to start change your story? Yes. So the title and the mission came in two parts. <laughs> and the first one was when I lost myself, I looked around these big, this big intimidating conference room in New York. And I said, no one's looking like me. There's very few women. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no minorities. And when I say very few women, it was like two. And sometimes <laughs> I was the second one. And I'm looking around and in the conference rooms, people aren't necessarily like, you know, where I'm from the South. Hi. And, you know, and at one point I lived in Virginia where they actually blew at you on the road to just wave. People aren't doing that in New York. Uh -huh. So do they not like me? Am I not good enough? Mm -hmm. These were things that were running around in my head. So I felt uncomfortable and I felt a little lost. Mm -hmm. Who am I? What do I have to offer? You kind of forget about the past successes. So what I started on was a journey because I'd stopped talking. And for those of you who know me or people who know me, talking is, a, is not optional. I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> I come with my voice. I come with my speech. But I lost it. And I couldn't understand why I felt so uncomfortable. But like I said, I lost myself. So I went to see a career coach, mm. as a matter of fact. And nice guy, but he couldn't reach me. I'm still not even sure why, but certain things let me know that I wanted to get better. So I stayed with him for a little bit of time just to learn more about like how I should navigate New York. Yeah. And then I started on this exploratory journey where I started studying my personality type. Mm -hmm. I started journaling, really getting to know myself and says, Rachel, why do you feel so horrible? Well, no one's looking like me. I don't have a network. I don't have people that I can really talk to. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting another career coach and relating a little bit, a lot better actually to her. And I also, as studying my personality, started appreciating what I brought to the table and then thinking about and pondering those previous wins to say, bring this, this is where you're strong and appreciate yourself and show these people who you are 
maybe they aren't so forward, but you can be and say, you know, hello, I would like to meet with you. I'd like to partner with you. You're not less than them. You mm-hmm. just, you know, just because you don't look like them, you're not less than. Mm-hmm. So I started to really get an appreciation for myself, who I was, what I had to offer, my strengths, and really a deep appreciation of Rachel Gatling. Mm. And I will tell you, it w- didn't happen overnight. It took me some time and some effort. It took feedback. It took the proper career coaching and career coaching that really touched me. And I dug myself out of this hole with those particular resources as well. And I said, I have to help other people. Because I also started looking, listening and looking at other people saying, there's other people who feel this way and yeah. some people keep going and striving, but some people shrink back and they never realize their dream. And I didn't want that to happen to anyone. So I started thinking about it and I started doing a lot of mentoring. At one point at my previous company, I had 10 mentees. I don't know when I got my work done because <laughs> I was so committed. And when I would see people shrinking away, I would naturally gravitate to them and say, hey, what's going on? And I was committed to helping them. And 10 was not an inflated number because that was true. So after I did that, I worked, still worked for my company, got put on different projects, always had a leadership role. So I had time to try this coaching thing out for a long time. And then my company closed that division. They offered me the opportunity to go back to another role, but I had been there for about 12 years. And I said, hmm, this, the way of the world is different now. People aren't staying at jobs forever. Mm-hmm. Am I too stale? Should I look for something else? So I decided to take a risk and go out. But in the meantime, I said, what about this coaching thing? <laughs> so I went and put out a survey monkey to people that I had coached in the past uh-huh. or mentored, also to peers and some of my supervisors, because I'd always gotten great leadership scores with my performance reviews. When I put that survey out to say, I was thinking about this career coaching, what do you think? Can you give me some feedback? Philip, I was so, I would say pleasantly and very in a humble way, I was so surprised. I got about 99% response rates and people said, please, I would love for you to do this. Mm -hmm. This is great. And because I remember this advice you gave me and something else I was thinking, what really gave me strength and prompted me on is they were telling me advice I had given them. And I said, really? I said that? That's pretty good. That's so smart. Look at me. I know, exactly. (laughs) I was so excited about the advice that I had touched them in that way that they not only encouraged me, but gave me back the advice I gave to them. And where I thought, okay, maybe I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not working. They said, Mm. please. And if you do, can you, can I please hire you for your services? Because I would love to still work with you. I was so shocked. So I opened, started my company that was in 2014. And, but before, so get to the name, I couldn't think of what I wanted for the name. It took me a while. Then one day I was at work, you know, they had talked about closing the division. It was a Mm -hmm. Friday and I was working and this name came to me, change your story. Because it's not changing you, it's changing that story you tell yourself. Yeah. It was so clear, I completely logged out of work and went home because I was scared to buy the name because you know when you put your name in the search and somebody finds it, they'll make you spend all this money. But somebody has that domain, but I called the internet or the service provider and I said, .com is taken, I think .org is taken, and they said, tell me what you're trying to do. And I told them, and they had a domain, .today. So it's changeyourstory.today. 
How appropriate is that? Wow. <laughs> if the signs in the, in the, oh my, the original line, it's like, yes, go ahead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that today, change your story that today. So that's my domain. There's so many nuggets in what you provided over. And I'm just like, I'm vigorously taking notes over on my side, but mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that you mentioned that I think so many of our listeners think about is going back and celebrating those wins. And I think you'd be able to like look back and go, here's actually the areas where I can bring my strength. And so I find for everybody, for high achievers, for people who are going through any type of change, even specifically people when we help do career changes or open up their own businesses, we're always looking forward and we're not, as we call it, celebrating those wins. We just kind of go, yeah, yeah, I just do those kinds of stuff. I do it all the time. And it's interesting because you were mentoring 10 people. And then even this is what we see when we kind of looking into the data when we help people through a career change is you go out to the world and you go, hey, here's the thing I'm thinking about or where have you seen me operate my best is usually how we picture it for people doing career changes. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because you went out there you did it and got this like overwhelming positive, like, yeah, go right ahead. In fact, I'll be your first customer. And I yes. just to give a, I guess, two part question. So to give context at that point, when you released that survey monkey mm-hmm. about how many people had you coached is the first part of the question. And the second part is just walk us through that mindset. Cause for a lot of people that can be really terrifying because you could just not get like, nope, none of these things back. So <laughs> Talk us through like that whole process of releasing it, getting feedback back. Oh my gosh. How many people had I coached? I can't even, oh, it was over 20 that I had coached Mm. and mentored. And, but the survey went to uh, probably about 30, 35 people because I wanted to bring in some peers Mm -hmm. that had known me uh, and two bosses that knew me that I trusted to give me good advice. Like I said, I always got good scores on leadership, but it's different to have leadership in the workforce and say, hey, I want to be a career coach. What do you think? And you're right. So I probably sent about 30, 35 people and 34 responded. And again, I was so shocked because you never get that type of response. And it gave me strength. Putting myself out there was hard. It was. Mm. I remember doing it in the middle of the night and I said, you know, hi, I'm thinking about doing this. I would like your feedback because you've been an integral part of my life and my Mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm can you give me your honest feedback? And then I went to bed. (laughs) I was was like, oh my gosh. And I had to really face it because you can't get to the next level by being safe, Mm. right? And we coach this stuff all the time. We need to turn around and coach ourselves, put the mirror up and coach ourselves. And what will we give advice? What advice would we give to other people? We can't. So I knew I had to put myself out there. I said, whatever they tell me, because I could think I'm good. Someone else could say, no, really, you probably ruined my career. And I need to think about that, right? (laughs) But I was ready to hear what they had to say. And that time in my life, I was taking a big risk, leaving a job where I had a job, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, I want to launch this thing because it was so strong in my heart that I didn't want to have the regret of not even trying. Mm. Someone told me something before. They said, I can always get a job. (laughs) Okay. I can always get a job. But when you do something, like if you try something, she said, and it doesn't work, she could have always gone back to a job. Maybe she could, maybe she couldn't. But I said, I know how to work. I know how to do that. I've worked for a long time, or at least from up to that point. 
so I need to try this or I'm going to have regret deep in my heart. Mm. So that's what gave me that strength. But that morning I had one eye open trying to read. And, and of course your responses don't come overnight, but I had one eye open trying to check. And then the responses started coming in. And I would say within the week I had my responses and I think I probably cried all week long. Like, wow, can you believe this? So I had to be bold because mm. I would give my people that same advice. This is also something I talked about with Scott because so I created this planner called the year of you because I really believe in studying yourself. I believe we know a lot about a lot of people. I love reading. I love biographies. I love studying people and how they think. I'm like obsessed with how people think and what drives them, but I need to know more about myself. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about learning yourself, learning your strengths, there is a recommendation I make in my planner about an accomplishment board. If you look at vision boards, they basically are built the same, and I'm being general, but I've seen quite a few vision boards because they're the popular thing. You see a nice-looking couple, you see a car, you see a house, you see money, you see whatever your career is. It'll be the same type of thing with a few fluctuations. But how many people keep what I call an accomplishment board, meaning that November is coming in a few days? It's time for me to get my October accomplishment board together. For me, that's going to mean a few things. A few programs I'm putting together. It'll mean my birthday, whatever that celebration is. Because I also created Saturday to be the treat yourself, not trick day. Treat, not trick yourself day, right? And then I'm going to put in this podcast recording as well. I need to understand, and then I'm going to get specific. Like if I get good feedback, I'm going to put in, so I might have, it's got a picture of you and I might have in like a, a bubble with you, some good words, right? Yeah. I need that because when I come up and I need to keep it in a place that's visual. So, hey, go back to your poster board if you need to have a, a, an activity book put together with your accomplishments. Because when I come up against my next challenge, so I won't cower or doubt so much, right? Mm. You should always be, be nice and curious. But I need to understand that I did something great before. Mm. This is me. This is Rachel. So I don't need to doubt as much. I need to build on what I do well and keep going, knowing that I've accomplished these things. I can accomplish something else. And that's why I say accomplishment board, not just vision board. Yeah, you should have a vision. You should strive for big things because that keeps you active. That keeps you motivated. But it also keeps me motivated to know that you've done these hard things before and you can do even more again. I often talk about mic drop moments in these podcasts and that very much is one because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm telling people celebrate wins and I kind of do, but do having like an accomplishment board, I never thought of that because yes. you're right. It's going to help in those challenges piece going forward, but it also is like we're just as human. And on this podcast and for our listeners, we often talk about coaches also need need coaches yes. as well. And yes. I think it's super interesting too that for a lot of our listeners, they are in leadership positions, they're in management positions, or they're just coaching people who are around them. So to yes. reach out to the people that you've already helped or kind of test out those coaching things in, in many ways yes. helps out so much in giving those confidence in later pieces too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Put their pictures up, their names up, the program up, whatever it has to do, whatever you have to do. It just, we need it. Like you said, coaches need coaches. We mm -hmm. need motivation too. Mm -hmm. This helps. And, you know, kind of touching on that is that you're doing, change your story, you're doing your coaching business on top of your full-time job. And yes. you have other groups as well. And you could definitely want you to speak to those for our listeners, but yes. help us understand how do you manage having a full-time job and a coaching business on the side and everything else you do? 
So I am committed to bringing efficiency and time management principles to my life (laughs) because, yes, and learning about my energy. So I take a lot of, I do a lot of self-development and and I just finished taking a a productivity uh, workshop as well because I need to get better and better and better. And what I liked about that productivity workshop she talked about the mindset like we started talking about before Philip and because usually people tell you take something off your plate oh you can't do everything okay we know that but this was the first person that I heard say that first you have to believe that you can do these things that you are able to do them Hmm. and I said what I love that so I know that I can work this job and do my coaching because if you look at it, the, the high level or the high achievers are able to do these particular things. Are they better than us? No, they probably have more, like they can have resources as well, but there's things that we're able to do more than we think or our mind has such a big capacity. I want to work at my capacity. I know this gift wasn't given to me for nothing. So shame on me if I just squander it and say, sorry, I'm not going to do it, but then I'll spend time binge watching. Listen, I'm not judging the binge watchers. If that's what you want to do, if that's what, if that's your calling, because there's something for everybody. But Mm -hmm. I know this was put in me for a reason. Mm. And I know the feedback I've gotten. I know the wins that I've gotten. And I know I actually believe in what I say. (laughs) I actually believe it, right? So for me, I make sure that I am doing different principles of balancing my job. I don't want to fail at my job and then say, well, great for coaching because unless I'm ready to quit today, right? So I want to be effective at my job. And so I have to bring in certain principles there. I have to work in my optimal time. I have to be efficient with it. I can't just say, oh, whenever I get a chance because I have something else I have to do. Hmm. I have to delegate where I need to. I'm a leader in my job and I have to make decisions, proper and quick decisions. You know, I was on a leadership training this morning and he talked about the fact that sometimes we can just ponder things when we should make quicker leadership decisions. And I'm like, that's right, you know? And that way I can put this where it needs to be and I can pick up this other part of my life as well. And I also make time for my self-care. I become the queen of the Zoom bootcamp workout at noon <laughs> so that I can keep myself healthy, you know, keep my energy, my personal energy up and make sure I'm my best self so that I can um, have the energy to help other people because I want to be good. Yes, there's times where you get tired. So that's why tomorrow. Yes, it's my birthday. It's been a busy week. So I'll take off at one and I'll go do something that, hey, maybe fun, you know, fun or just getting, letting loose a little bit. (laughs) Just for half a day. (laughs) Yeah. Like we said before, but just in case everybody knows, happy early birthday. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. October 30. You know, not to, because I don't always like to be talking about tactics. I think you're right. It's so much of a mindset piece, but Mm-hmm. Like thinking about that for our listeners, what advice can you give either, you know, staying productive, keeping on top of that mindset, but to be doing all these things very, very well and keeping on top of it, what are things that, that would be helpful for our listeners to know and kind of staying on top of all this stuff? Yeah. So for me, I know my optimal time is in the morning. Like mm-hmm. I'm most productive and I don't mind sacrificing that extra hour to get up 
it's funny because it's harder to get up when it's dark outside. So I know now the season's changing. I'm like, what time is it? But I love the stillness. Again, this drives me. Everybody has something different. The stillness drives me. So what I do is that's when I tackle those things that are our hardest. And I, I had to learn to prioritize the hard things first because I was a person that checked the box. I'm like, Ooh, that's easy. Okay. That's, you know, I try to prioritize those tough things first. So that means at night I will look over my calendar for the next day to determine Mm -hmm. what that first priority should be. Is it a call first and am I prepared for the call? And is, or is it an assignment that I need to do in preparation for something else? So I review my calendar in the evening for the next day because I don't like the surprises either. (laughs) So that way that I know what time and what tasks to adjust. And then during the day, I have stopped the hour meetings. One hour, I'll do 45-minute meetings. And then what I'll do is I'll put that 45-minute slot and then that 15-minute, I will put a note that says, recap or work or send notes or something like that. So the difference is, because if you put 45 minutes and you stick to it, you're going to go 45 minutes. If you put an hour, you're going to do that hour, right? You'll fulfill what you say you're going to fulfill. So I'll just put, exactly. I'll put in that slot and say, listen, because there's not much more you can do in that 15 minutes than you couldn't do in the 45. You just have to be crisp, right? And focused. Something also that it was very tough for me to embrace, but I finally learned and embraced it, which was planning time. It could be a planning day. So say if you do it, Ideally, it's every two weeks, but if not, it's a month taking a day to basically see where you are. Revisit your goals. You mentioned something, uh, Philip, about doing annual goals, you know, monthly goals, whatever it is. But I and, and I agree with that. I think what you should do is break that annual goal down to say, look, how am I tracking to that? And even it could be a monthly. I know people that are in, I started this when I was in sales. How are my sales tracking for the month? Mm-hmm. Where am I and where do I need to be? And then planning those activities that will bridge you and being very strategic about it. This is very hard for a lot of people. It was hard for me. I'm a doer. I just like check boxes all day long. But when I stepped back, I actually saw that some of my duties were not things that would carry me to the next level. They weren't things that would actually move me in terms of being an employee and also in terms of my business. Because then maybe I could evaluate my customers, my clients, because there's also a concept, and I know I'm going a little broad here, of an ideal client, right? Mm-hmm. We're, yep. we're coaches. We work with many people. Should we be working with everyone we're working on? But that's also a chance to go over my agenda items, my clients, my curriculum, go over my goals. Have I gotten lost? Do I need to go back to what I was doing? Do I need to cut some things out? Do I need to say, oh, this client is not necessarily for me and I refer them to someone else? What can I do to get closer to those goals that I made so that I don't feel, that also takes away the feeling of can help with the feeling of overwhelm or distraction or time lost. And maybe that's when you also evaluate new things that you want to bring in, like new ideas, right? And say, can this fit in what I'm doing, right? So if I would give two things, one is taking that time to really plan your day. And when I said I'm a morning person at night, no, I'm not as productive, but that's when I can look at my calendar and say, okay, let's see what, what I have to do for my productive time tomorrow morning. And like I said, taking that planning time. Well, well, first of all, thank you for all those because I had a huge bunch of goodies in there. I took some notes, like knowing your productive time, mm-hmm. you know, doing the hardest things first, mm-hmm. looking at Tough. your next day and like being strategic and planning those things, planning recap time, but like for that 
you know, yes. 45 minute slot recap time or like, hey, catch up time for other types of things, whatever mm-hmm. time that you do have planned, making sure you're focused and you know what those things, but being strategic with that time moving forward too. Mm-hmm. And for many people or for many for our listeners is that like, like in your situation that, you know, they're doing all this stuff or trying to build this business on top of a full-time position or maybe even they're doing it completely. This is their full-time position, but be able to have that intention of how you're going to use yes. your time. For me yes. specifically, I do the same thing. I plan out my week, but I look back mm-hmm. my day ahead because from a mindset perspective, I need to know, all right, am I coaching tomorrow? Am I doing podcast interviews tomorrow? Is tomorrow yes. a planning day? Is tomorrow more of a sales day? Is tomorrow more of a writing day? Because mm-hmm. I have to almost, to try and do all those things in the same brain on the same day, it can be, yeah, it can be very, very difficult. So Absolutely. I've, just like you mentioned, but I think for a lot of our listeners, on top of you're trying to, to do this on top of everything else, yes. it's making sure you're using that, that time where you work the best in a very strategic and intentional manner. So first, thank you for sharing all of those things because I think that's exactly what I'd love to bring people on is to hear more about that. Yes. But kind of to dovetail in my, one of my other questions for you and our listeners know this is becoming my rapidly favorite question. If it's not already my favorite question is, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had in opening up your own coaching business? Or another way to ask that is what are the things that you've had to sacrifice or the trade-offs you've had to make in starting your own coaching business? Binge watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I'm so stuck on that because I hear people say it and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Am I jealous? I think I'm a little jealous. Well, you know what? I've had to sacrifice being able to just do nothing, right? My mind goes all the time. So I don't know how good I would be at doing nothing. But I, um, but yes, that time that sometimes you just feel like breaking out and, and you know, like not being responsible. I think that has been one thing. I can't, but, but I still, it still overwhelms. The overwhelming thing for me is doing what's in my heart. So mm. I would say sometimes I do want to just say, I'm not doing anything today. And mm-hmm. so I would say that. So, so time what have I sacrificed? Have I ever thought about it like that? Well, the other way to think about it too is the trade-off. I had a great guest on here. He was like, well, I don't like to think of it as as sacrifices, but instead think of it as as a trade-off. You're doing this instead of this with, we're talking about just the time aspect. Yeah. So like, I think for me, it is it's the timing because you know what the issue is. And to your point, maybe it's the trade-off to always doing something, hmm. always being busy. It's also the, you get into a market that's saturated and you always have to think of ways to innovate and get better and to market yourself and to attract people to your business. It's also, you sacrifice, you deal with uncertainty. I I wouldn't say it's easy to get a 95 because it depends on like the world now, the economy is is pretty, it's down, but it takes, it's stressful Mm -hmm. to be able to always have to be on and to make sure people are taken care of and that you are building a business. There's a lot of pressure, right? And yes, I can know in my heart that yes, this this is the right calling for me. But just knowing that is not going to make a business, right? <laughs> it's not going to bring you business. You have to really assert yourself. And it also makes you, if I say sacrifice something, you sacrifice a down day. I can't bring a bad mood to someone who's struggling in their career. They're like, get out of here. You need a career coach. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah that's very true. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So if I think about it, it's always being on and it's always making sure that you are staying relevant. Mm. I will say that I took a, an entrepreneur curriculum 
because I'm always about continuous improvement. That's something, if I also think about the best practice, I always want to stay relevant and get even better. And I was thinking about my rate at one point, and I said, we had a one-on-one session with the director of the program, and I said, well, I can't dedicate 100% time to my clients, so I'm not going to charge as much as everyone else or as much as the industry standard. She said, that is absolutely not true. She says, you actually are more relevant because you're in the career world. So like You're in a career, you're in corporate, you're learning all of the latest trends and innovations, you're, learning, you're continuously learning training techniques and leadership techniques. So you're, absolute, you're actually more relevant than someone who's come out of the work world and who's only doing coaching. Now, I mean, that made me feel better. <laughs> and I could see what she was saying. It depends on the industry you're in, but you will have to always learn and grow if you want to really connect with your business. You can't be stale. You can't be uh, not up on the latest things that are going on uh, because, yes, people are stable in terms of people are people, but some of the things and tools out there to help them, like, hey, who would have known all this uh, technology would be the new way? And if I'm so still that I don't know the technology, I'm not going to be an effective coach. I can't meet with you in person anymore, at least not mm-hmm. right now. So that leads me to think and want to ask, just because I'm curious, what kinds of things are you learning right now? You mentioned continuous learning. What are the, what's, yes. the, what's the continuous learning at this very point? Absolutely. So yes. So if I didn't have enough on my plate, (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking a mini course on time management. I told you I always want to get better as far as managing time properly, making sure. I'm also doing something on energy management. And these are just like little day courses, like, you know, maybe a couple hours. And so I have that on my agenda, but I'm also getting a certification on diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is actually better than I thought. With everything going on in the world, you Mm -hmm. know that uh, race relations are important. I'm also, so I decided to do that because I'm also diversity and inclusion ambassador at Phillips. But this also helps me in my coaching because I learned that when you talk about diversity, it's not just you have the external things you can see, but you also have the internal, the Mm -hmm. ideas, the protocols, the ways uh, that people think, like we were just saying, learning how people think. Those differences, it causes us an increased level of respect and increased level of awareness. And it also helps me when I learn how you think and it helps me to work with you in a different way and to reach you in an even more effective way. Something that changed me a long time ago, I took DISC training, the personality training changed my entire life. I was a sales manager at the time and we had a training and it had one problem and it gave it to everyone and it split us up. The D's were over here, I's were over here, S was over here and C's were over in another corner. They gave us all the same problem and I'm a high D and a high I which means I have a more dominant personality and I'm also the interactive one. So I can make a decision fast, right? But I'll do it amicably. (laughs) So what happened though, at that point, I was a little slight, I was slightly higher in the D. So when it came to answering the question, the Ds were first, because you know, we're so fast, we know everything, right? (laughs) Or we're more direct, I should say that. And when I say know everything, it's facetious. So, but when we answered it, we said, oh, we're done, we're done. Why is everyone taking so long? But then you saw the eyes, they had to interact together and get everyone's opinion. Hmm. But when we all reported out, I found that no one was wrong. It's just that we approached it in a different way. Hmm. What that did for me is it helped me to understand and lead people even better. 
So now that's, oh, that was, oh gosh, what year was that? Early 2000s. Fast forward now to 2020 and learning about diversity, equity, and inclusion, how we should recognize the differences in people and respect them makes me a stronger career coach because that means that as you're talking to me about what's going on, I can then relate better to you and your ideas and I can touch you and help you because like I said, change your story wants to change the story you tell yourself, not you, because it makes me know that you're okay. So you may be telling me something that maybe I don't know if I agree with or, or I actually have a camp now. I doing a women's camp called Sisterhood to Success. And there is it's only for women because I keep it small because we do a lot of sharing, a lot of support, and, you know, just really opening up. And so I keep the group small and say the stipulation is you can't know each other, right? So you can feel comfortable. But I look at how they all approach different things and I then can respect that diversity, but I can give them steps that make them feel comfortable and included, right? And it just makes me a stronger coach and it makes them feel better about who they are and more confident knowing that they're diverse, but there's a place for them. And that's how I go back to my story in the beginning when I came to New York. I didn't know there was a place for me because I couldn't get past the fact that no one was looking like me. They weren't acting like me. Would they even accept me? So then I say, okay, let's go back. Let's look at who you are, what you have to offer, and let's learn how to translate that and feel good about it in yourself and translate that to others. And then you feel good about being diverse because now you feel included. And once you get that foundation, you can rise up and learn to be successful. Mm. I think that is so powerful, especially for myself with all of our listeners too. And when I think about what's the difference between good and great coaches, it comes mm-hmm. back to those lessons that you're mentioning there. And more specifically too, when you can empathize, when you can relate, when you can come to the place of inclusion and go, we're part of the, you know, I understand what you're going through, or I feel like I've, and I've gone through it before, whatever that might be, helps just from the, the sharing, from the being felt and understood. But just wanted to say just a couple of things that I'm gathering from our conversation is that it was from the beginning, I wrote it down, but even now is that what I feel like you are really great and sharing from our listeners is just that determination. I feel like you are exemplify this amazingly of like, when we've got our mindset to it, it's done. And, yes. and then also coming from the intention type of standpoint of coming it with your full self, with coming with your strengths and doing both of those in tandem. And that's what I'm taking away so much. So first, thank you for sharing that and coming on today and sharing that with our listeners. And one of my last questions for you is, you know, it's the clean slate question. If you had to go back to the years back before 2014, all of those times, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? So when I first started career coaching, I didn't know how to do it. I knew how to give advice, but I didn't know how to run my business. (laughs) So I used to not know how much to charge. I used to meet them at the Starbucks and, you know, there was a lot of interruptions around yep. and didn't really, and, and I think in the end, I didn't believe in myself as much. I knew what the feedback was, but did I know that I could be a successful career coach or did I have a little bit of the, who am I? What do I have to offer still? If I had to do it again, I would really take that deep breath the same way as I did with the uh, Survey monkey. <laughs> I would have had my accomplishment board with the survey monkey. I developed that. And uh, I would have just 
made it work like like from the beginning because I took a little bit of a hiatus so I could I studied business for sure because you got to know business mm -hmm. and so I would say I would learn that as well so I would get the resource you know yes you're right about the intention you're right about the motivation I also know that you have to build a network. So I would have mm -hmm. built my network early on. When I'm talking to you and learning, Philip, about your, about what you're doing with happening to your career and, and how to be a career coach, it's so motivating that you have a community of people. When we had our talk last time, you had just had your community of career coaches together. Mm -hmm. I would say I would have gotten together with that sooner because I did it on my own until I found the group that I told you in Westchester that told me how to be in business. But I would have gotten around a lot of like-minded people so that we could support each other and help each other grow. And so, and if doing that, it would have made me stronger and also helped me to avoid some of the pitfalls that I, that, hey, that they're learning experiences so you don't yep. regret them, but I could have accelerated it by getting around a lot of more people in a strong network. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on the show. I so appreciate the insights, the wisdom, the energy, the ambition, all of yes. those things. I love bringing people on who are actually going through it because you can hear every single bit of how to do this on top of a full-time job, how to learn yes. all these things. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Philip. This has been a pleasure. I feel fortunate to have been given this opportunity and I look forward to further partnership. Of course. Now, before I let you go, where can people find you or how can people get in contact with you? Yes. So changeyourstory.today .today <laughs> is my site and you can access me through Contact Us. My email address is rgatling, G-A-T-L-I-N-G, at changeyourstory.today. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at C-Y-S for Change Your Story, C-Y-S with Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. So I know that's not the easiest thing to remember, but C-Y-S with R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Um, that's my social media channel. I look forward to hearing from you. Awesome. Well, Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast today, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. For more information, check out becomeacareercoach.com, where you can find information on this podcast, our programs, books, and endless content on, well, how to become a career coach. Also, don't be shy. If you have any questions or kind words, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach me directly at philip at happentoyourcareer.com. And that's Philip with two L's. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.